didn't they do a great job? And that sounded like about 48 kids. I don't know. It's uh, something like that. And what you might not have heard back there is when, um, when Kim said, do you guys want to stand up and bless the congregation? One of those 48 said no. <laughs> but, um, but peer pressure, you know, I think they all stood. So it is uh, so good to be back with you and to be entering this Advent season. Uh, we are in a time of holy reflection and anticipation as we prepare for the coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are not far away, and during that journey forward, we will study and prepare. We have all kinds of beautiful things that are part of this Advent season. Um, you've heard about them already with the angels that, that, that you can pick you know, for Jubilee Christmas. You've heard about the different events that are happening in our church community. Um, we will have a series of wonderful people uh, do readings and lighting the Advent candles. Thank you to Linda and Harley for being first on that. And then we will have a children's story um, each week. Uh, sometimes it will be two people like Kim and Allison did. Sometimes it will be one. Um, I did pick teachers uh, to do that, and uh, they were also willing because teachers read children's stories all the time, and so you will see a series of uh, teachers sharing stories uh, during that time of the children's blessing. Um, today, the kiddos will also be receiving from Heartland um, Advent calendars. Um, so the church purchased an Advent calendar for each child, and we encourage parents and grandparents of kiddos who are part of that children's group to walk with them through the Advent season, um, doing that wonderful opening of the doors. I promise they're not the ones that have chocolate in them, so we're not, uh, we're not trying to fuel them up with more sugar. There's enough sugar during this season anyway. That's not from us, but um, I remember that so clearly as a child myself um, doing that, and so please, parents, uh, sustain that practice, and um, if you have multiple kiddos who are part of Heartland Kids, there are multiple different kinds of advent calendars that, that um, Kim will be offering to them, so um, there should not be any um, jealousy of who has the angel one or who has the manger one or whatever. There, there are different styles, and I believe that she'll let them pick, so um, that's just a little bit about what we are doing this season um, to honor this most holy time of the year and to join together. Um, I am glad to be back. Um, my dear Larry Simpson pointed out to me that my shoes don't match today, um, which is fine. I uh, went boot shopping during my absence, and uh, my foot injury is, is healing and uh, will be tested with an MRI this week to make sure everything's okay. So we are all here. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's read about um, Elizabeth and Zechariah. If we look at the entire story leading to the birth of Jesus, really this part of Luke 1 gets us ready. And this theme for the candle that Linda and Harley lit, um, and that is the theme for this first Sunday in Advent is hope, and this works perfectly in our reorienting our lives toward hope. So as the child cub, the little cub in the story, anticipated um, finding out more about who God is. 
so we anticipate finding out more about who he is and who we are as his. So let's together read from Luke 1, um, Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25, um, and let's see what the word of God has for us this morning. In that time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priesthood division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth could not conceive, and they were both quite old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the customs of the priesthood, to go to the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to drink wine or other fermented or other fermented drinks, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will bring back many people of Israel to the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which were sent at the appointed which were sent by God and will be fulfilled at the appointed time when his time was finished Zechariah completed his work and returned home after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months went into seclusion. 
the Lord has done this for me, she said, in these time, in this time, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. This is the word of the Lord. In this story, we see the preparation. We see the walking toward Bethlehem begin. The first step is here, and as is true with many journeys, there is no certainty of the people in this story that this is leading somewhere, but there is a hope. There is a hope that has stayed alive in Zechariah and Elizabeth and is conveyed to them through Gabriel and is promised by God. And in that preparation and in that hope, we can find various things to hold on to and to give us direction during this season of Advent. First, hope does not make something happen. Hope itself does not make something happen. God does that. So when we are hopeful, when we ask that in the season of Advent we rekindle and light and protect and cultivate that flame of hope, we are not doing it as if there's some magic button that we want something, we hope for it, we've got it. God fulfills that desire. God answers those prayers. And that was true for Zechariah and Elizabeth. So understand kind of the context here. These were two very good people, very honored people. He had a, a role of distinction in the priesthood. She was descended from a very important and revered family. And they were good people, blameless, says the scripture here. They were doing well in honoring God and living for him. And, notice that, and they were unable to conceive a child, and they were old by this point. We don't get ages, but they were old and notably so. So imagine them having lived holy, dedicated, full, reverent lives, and they were unable to conceive. So as is the case often now when a, a married couple does not have a child, you know, people wonder, are you going to have children? I have a friend who uh, doesn't have children, and she said she gets asked that all the time. And she's 30 years old. She has plenty of time. But this couple was much older than that. And so for years, they lived these distinguished lives serving God, and they had no children. So there was a little buzz about them, a little bit of, at, at, if not scorn, at least some pity. So they lived dedicated to God. They hoped, I'm sure, for a child, and they didn't have a child. So their hope didn't suddenly create a child. Again, that's not what hope is. It's not a magic wand. But they lived dedicated and sincere, faithful lives even though they did not have a child. And that's a reminder to us that even though we want something, we think something might be the right plan for us, we are not able to see the big picture, the whole view that God has. We must trust him. In fact, Pastor Daryl Dash writes it very well this way. What God promises, he will perform. Only he will do it in his time, 
and sometimes in surprising ways. When the time of fulfillment comes, we then realize that his plan, that his timing was better than ours. God is in control. The hope that we have orients us to that truth. And knowing that no matter what the current reality looks like, we have a God who sees the big picture, who sees the right timing. And the right timing for this story for the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth was that when they were presumably beyond the years of ever having a child, that's when it happened. That's when God gave them this pregnancy and this anticipated birth of John, who you know from other times when we have studied and when you've learned and done Bible studies and all of that through your life as a, as a believer, you know that John prepared the way. That's what he was created to do. And that was such an important role. And Zechariah and Elizabeth don't just have the anticipation of a baby coming. They have the anticipation of a baby who will become John the Baptist and who will make that way. And that is God's timing. So hope does not make something happen. Hope keeps us ready for when that thing will happen and that thing is oriented and planned and timed by God. Praise God for that. Hope is also a natural companion to doubt. Hope is also a natural companion to doubt. We live in a life, in a world of contrasts. We know good and bad, right and wrong, tall and short, nearby and distant. You went through those lessons when you were a child in school. Those opposites are ways that we understand and we can make sense of the world around us. And hope and doubt are a natural companionship. Even in this story, Zechariah, who had lived this full and blameless life, doubts. He shows doubt, and he expresses that to the angel. It's not just surprise. He's like, hmm, you are a mighty, fine, impressive-looking angel, and you have so much power, and I am a fearful man looking at you. But he does say, how can I be sure of this? Because I'm very old and my wife is getting along in years too. And don't we understand that? Don't we feel like, oh, how many times have we doubted? How many times does doubt come up so naturally? In some ways, I believe that the human existence claims doubt as almost a proactive defense to not be so disappointed. Think of the times when Maybe you anticipated something in your life and you hoped for it so much, whether that was some gift at Christmas, whether that was um, a job offer or an acceptance into college that you re really wanted to go to or, uh, or other things. We all know how it is to hope. There's almost a tendency in the human existence to introduce doubt as well. But if it doesn't happen, I'll be okay. But if I get in only to this college, I'm sure it will work out. We do that as a self-protection of sorts. And that is, again, human nature. Even when that happens, however, we must and we can and we should remember 
that God is the orchestrator of all things. And when we hope, our gaze is directed toward him. And when we doubt, we are being human. And when we return to hope again, we are reminding ourselves that we are God's children. He is not going to leave us alone. He is working constantly for what is right and good for us. Author Elizabeth Johnson puts it this way, but remember how God has proven faithful in the past, even when all hope seemed lost. God builds us up. God brings us the confidence that he can be trusted. He can be trusted in the present and in the future. When doubt creeps in, in small situations or big ones, choose to shift your gaze back to the Father who created you and is planning all good for you. When Zechariah questioned Gabriel and could not picture that he, an old man, and his wife, an old woman, could have a baby at this time, Gabriel said, it shall be done. Gabriel had a consequence for Zechariah for doubting. That's why Zechariah was made unable to speak. He was made mute until the day that John was born. But Zechariah still stayed faithful, and God still stayed in Zechariah's life. When we doubt, it is human. When we hope in spite of the doubt, that is God. Hope also helps us see miracles. Hope helps us see miracles. Hope is something that changes our gaze. I often say in many contexts that we tend to find what we seek. If we enter a situation expecting it to be poor and messy and disorganized, we're probably going to find evidence of those things. If we enter a situation expecting it to be fun and exciting, or we enter a situation expecting it to be stimulating and uplifting, we're probably going to find those things. So when we hope, our gaze is looking for God's hand in this world. When Harley and Linda lit that candle of hope, when we choose to light the candle of hope in our hearts, it is the same bright quiet glow. The light is shed upon the things that God is doing for us, and when we're looking for it with expectation, we can see it so well. Reverend David Hatcher writes this, God does not make mistakes. He is never too late. He loves to delight us. He pours out individual and personal mercies. And all the while, he is actually molding and shaping nations 
and all of history. The God who created us, my friends, is not going to disappoint us. He cannot. He is perfect. He is holy, and he loves us. When Elizabeth becomes pregnant, she hides herself. She stays in seclusion for five months. We don't know why, but imagine the hope and amazement that would be had when she comes out of seclusion and the neighbors who have known her for all of these decades sees this, see this older lady who is very clearly pregnant. That is hope embodied. And when Zechariah, who was made mute when he questioned Gabriel, begins to speak again when his son John is born, that is hope embodied. All of this helps us turn our gaze toward Bethlehem. Hope is alive. Advent is a season of hope. Let us lean into that and be alert to it and looking with anticipation to find it. As we close, I want to share three final thoughts about this passage. Pastor Brian Evans breaks it down very well. He looked at this story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, and he said this. This shows that God is working. God is not taking a break. Friends, no matter if you are sad or sorrowful, or singing with joy right now, God is working. Your emotional state matters to God because he loves you, but he is not taking a break even when it feels like you are distant from him or he is absent from your day-to-day existence. God is working. That is present tense. He is working right now in your life for your good. God uses messengers Look at Gabriel coming down into the temple, surprising Zechariah, speaking something amazing to Zechariah, and not just turning away from Zechariah when Zechariah doubted. He's like, I'm still doing this messaging for you because God has chosen you. Even though you are doubting, this is still happening. God uses messengers. Angels, friends, family, Strangers on the street, I believe so wholeheartedly that there are miracles happening around us. There are messages being given to us right and left, many of which we receive, but many of which we miss because our heads are down. Our gazes are not out and looking hopeful. Our ears are closed because we are only listening for what we expect to hear. God uses messengers. Let us be open to seeing and hearing what those messengers have to say. And God wants us to be ready. God wants us to be ready. Zechariah and Elizabeth became expectant parents. And at the same time, God was preparing for the next step in the Advent journey the next step toward Christmas. 
where he would take a teenager who was a virgin and give her the opportunity to be mother to the king of eternity. Let us live in that anticipation. Let us find our way forward and be ready for what he is doing next. Let's pray. Lord, in this season of Advent, help us find hope, help us hold hope, help us know that you are working. Let us find the anticipation and the trust that makes all doubt crash to the side and fade away. Let us look upward to the stars and soon see that one star. Let us lean into the promises that you have made for us, the miracles you have for us. Help us never, ever to let that fade away. In your name, amen.